Hello, everybody. Welcome to your Friday episode of Max Sports. This will also be the final episode until we get back from Christmas. I'm taking a break to spend time with my family, friends, loved ones. Yeah, you should be doing it too. You don't need to be listening to me talking about who I think is power ranked higher. Uh, When it comes to today, though, we're going to enjoy our last episode. I got a lot of stuff to talk to you about. We're going to be recapping Thursday Night Football. I believe Dennis Allen, the Saints head coach, made a crucial error last night that just shows why he is not fit to be the head coach of the Saints anymore. After that, we're going to switch over to college football. We still have a while before the college football playoffs start. We're going to do an in-depth episode on that in between Christmas and New Year's. Because remember, those games are New Year's Eve. However, I will say I watched a little bit of a bowl game last night. And man, I don't think the bowl games need to exist anymore. There's a perfect example of why. And there are several factors that are killing bowl season. I'll explain to you what those are. And then we'll try and come up maybe with a fix on how to save the bowl games. And then finally, after that, have you ever wondered what a football team would look like if it was constructed out of movie characters from Christmas movies? Well, I have the answer for you. That'll be our final uh, segment of the day. Why? Well, it's the holiday season. Why not make it holiday themed? And again, honestly, I think this segment's probably going to be more interesting than any bowl game you'll see this season. So let's get the episode started. Max Sports is starting right now. All right, we had a Thursday night football battle last night between two playoff-hungry teams. The Rams and the Saints both came into this game at 7-7 with playoff aspirations. The winner of this game has a really good chance of making it to the postseason, while the loser of this game most likely will be out of the playoffs because of this loss. Too many tiebreakers, you can't lose to another NFC team. When they have identical records, I mean, now if they both finish, let's say nine and eight or something like that, yep, the Rams are going to get the tiebreaker due to the head-to-head win. So this all but but eliminates the Saints, in my opinion, unless they find a way to win the division. When it comes to this game, though, there is one thing that it may not have determined the outcome of the game, but I think it heavily hurt the Saints' opportunities to win this game. The big problem for me when it comes to it is how Dennis Allen ran the fourth quarter. The The Saints, they were on a very hot streak. They had scored 15 points in the fourth quarter and made it a one-score game due to a two-point conversion late in the fourth quarter to have a chance. It was 22-30. to 30. And with timeouts, with a two-minute warning still, and with, with plenty of time to get the ball back if they force a defensive stop, which they had been getting in the fourth quarter. They had only held L.A. to three points in the fourth quarter. Dennis Allen decides to go for an onside kick with all of that time left, and the Rams recover it. And in one play, they're already in field goal range. And they didn't even need to do that. They just ran the clock out on them. An opportunity where they could have gotten the ball back was a little safer if they forced a stop On the Rams' side of the field, they would have gotten it back with a punt. Now, did this determine everything? No. Did this one play end the game? No. The fact that they couldn't get a stop on defense also did it. The other thing, though, is you would have thought, if you were playing the Rams, a team that scored on you in every single quarter, if you needed a desperation stop, 
putting it on their side of the field where they have more field to have to gain makes more sense than putting it where they need one first down and the game is over. Even with like two and a half minutes left, that is that is insane to me. Their final, okay, their final touchdown was with 3.53 left in the game, to be exact. And they made a two-point conversion. That is four minutes of football, a two-minute warning, and multiple timeouts. And they decided to go for an onside kick there. That, to me, is unacceptable. This just shows how little Dennis Allen believes in his team, in my opinion. Derek Carr had three touchdowns through the night. The defense did not play well, giving up 30 points. I mean, this is a team that had had a good defense at multiple times this year, but they got exposed and destroyed by this Rams team, scoring again in every single quarter. If Dennis Allen didn't believe in his team enough that he had to go for an onside kick with four minutes to go left in the game because he thought that was the only way they were going to win, then then this team has major structural issues. My problem when it comes to the Saints this year is that they are a very veteran team. I think that this was a year where we were going to find out what the ceiling of New Orleans was. They have Alvin Kamara. They have Olave, Michael Thomas. And then on the defense, they have several, several veteran pieces that have been around forever now. Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan. And they're all experienced. They're playoff battle. They are tested. They are a tested group who have been around forever now. And they needed a quarterback to get them over the top. First things first, I understand you have Taysom Hill as this gadget Mormon Tim Tebow type character here. But why on earth would you pay Derek Carr all of this money in free agency to get him to come down to New Orleans if you're bringing in Taysom Hill multiple times a game and he threw passes in this game? Why are you paying Derek Carr all of this money if you're going to have Taysom Hill also be the quarterback at times? I don't understand it. And personally, I don't like the thought or the look that comes with paying Derek Carr a borderline max contract just for you to also need to bring in Taysom Hill. It, it, in my opinion, it makes it feel like you don't fully believe in Carr. Then why did you bring him here? Why didn't you draft a guy? Why didn't you trade for someone else? Lamar Jackson was widely available on the open market this year, and it would have cost you a contract similar to Derek Carr's. It would have been a little more expensive, and it would have cost you two first-rounders. But I promise you right now with this veteran team and the cap hit that is going to come from it, the Saints are still way over the cap limit with this Derek Carr signing. They're going to be in a lot of trouble in a couple years. You would have thought you go with Lamar, you trade for something like that. Well, at least you can elevate the veteran roster before they all get too old. And maybe you could have gone on a Super Bowl run. I don't think Derek Carr moved the needle this year, unfortunately. And as of right now, the New Orleans Saints are set to have the exact same record they did last year. Just around a 500 team, wins games that they should, loses games that they shouldn't. And this is unacceptable for a team with this much veteran talent. Look at the other teams in the division. Tampa Bay, they have some vets. Yeah, they, they went on a Super Bowl run with those vets. But again, you would think that signing in Mr. Money, Derek Carr, that would have been the difference. But no, Baker Mayfield has done better than Derek Carr this year, and they got him a lot cheaper. How about Atlanta? Atlanta, they're a rebuilding team. They had beliefs that they could maybe compete for the division, 
but they kind of been getting in their own way this year. And then finally, Carolina has been one of the biggest bleep shows in all of football this year. They've already fired their coach. So when it comes to the Saints, they've had one of the easiest opportunities to make a postseason run this year. I even said at the beginning of the year, they have one of the easiest schedules available. Their most difficult game is probably either Jacksonville or Detroit, and both of those teams were in in um, uh, New Orleans. They were both home games for them, and they lost them. They, they have had one of the easiest schedules in all of fo- football this year, and even then, they still technically might have a chance for a postseason run. If they beat Tampa on the road, they will have the same exact record, and then if they beat Atlanta... They, they could be at 9-8 and eight with some more division wins. It, it's so ridiculous that this team still has playoff hopes. I think it's over for them, though. I don't think that's going to be a case at all. And frankly, I'm kind of glad that it's going to be that way. Dennis Allen, I think, is going to be fired due to this, this performance. The fact that they have gone absolutely limp down the stretch. They had a chance to easily win the division, and they just kept getting in their own way. I, I think this is unacceptable. There are no excuses for the reason why this team could not make a postseason run this year. As for the Rams, I think that this was a very good performance for them, especially on the offensive end. Puka Nakua, he is not just a cool, folk hero story for one year, I don't think. I think this dude is here to stay. Nine receptions, 164 yards, and a touchdown. He might be Offensive Rookie of the Year, only because of C.J. Stroud's concussions that have kept him out of the last two games. Puka Nakua has arguably been the best receiver on the Rams this year. Yep, better than Cooper Cup. And I think that the Rams would not be where they are without him this year. Kyron Williams, again, this guy is legit. 22 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. And Matthew Stafford playing another clean game of football for 328 yards through the air and two touchdowns as well. Stafford is having a sneaky, quiet, good season this year, where he's kind of top 10, top 12 in everything, and he's kind of limited the turnovers in recent games as well. I think that this is a very impressive season for him, especially coming back in a season where he had a lot of injuries and the future of him in the NFL was in question. Remember, a lot of people were thinking that Stafford was going to retire. I wasn't, I I will say this, I wouldn't have been surprised if it happened in the offseason, but I think the Rams got one or two more good runs left with this core, with Aaron Donald, Stafford, Cup. But I think this Puka Nakua addition could add some longevity to the core if they decide to stay and can stay at an elite level. So that was your Thursday Night Football recap. I'll say it this way. The Saints, man, there will be a lot of coaches, uh, a lot of coaching options in demand this year, and the Saints are probably going to need to be one of those teams out on the coaching carousel because – it is not looked good enough with Dennis Allen, especially for the vets that this team has. Moving on to our next topic, South Florida and Syracuse played in a bowl game last night, and I think that they are the exact definition on why bowl games are a joke. That is coming up next. (laughs) 
quick shout out before we get into bull talk. We are only 16 plays away from hitting 1400 on Spotify. This was a goal I made at the beginning of the uh, month of December, thinking we could hit it. I was seeing the analytics and I'm like, man, we're only about 100 away and we have caught up so fast. That is cool. I thought it was going to be closer to the new year where we were going to be 16 plays away. So I appreciate everyone who has been listening to these episodes. It really means a lot to me. If you have anyone that you think would enjoy this content as well, please feel free to share it for them or uh, rate and review my podcast. That helps push out my content to other platforms and other listeners. So that helps me more than you even know. Um, Back to the thing that actually keeps your ears going, though, on this, and that is going to be sports, specifically football. We're going to be talking about bowl season because, man, it is just an absolute mess right now. Saw clips from the Florida or South Florida Bulls versus Syracuse Orange game, and man, it was a nightmare. I believe that there are several factors that have killed bowl season, and I don't know how you necessarily fix it. I have a couple ideas. I'd like to know what you guys think about it, though. So, this game between South Florida and Syracuse last night, the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, a fan favorite, of course had two teams that were about 6 and 6 just middle of the pack teams this year. South Florida, they have some players. It looks like they were able to play a lot of their starters this year, but again, you never really know. I'm not a big South Florida Bull fan. I'm not going to follow the transfer portal and NFL draft talk with those players. When it comes to Syracuse though, I did know that some of their players, their starting quarterback was out with an injury and then their their backups had been jumped out into the transfer portal. So they had a true freshman quarterback and a tight end playing in this game. The I don't know why these star players wouldn't want to play in the roof roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. I mean that's a again, that is a prestigious bowl game to be a part of, but when it comes to this, I think this is the definition of terrible football. 45 nothing South Florida won this game. It was not close at all. These bowl games have no value to anyone except people that have some money to spend and want to throw a few bucks on a random bowl game. That's all that it's really worth for nowadays. It's not worth it for the players. I mean, again, they don't necessarily need to play in this game to get NIL money. When it comes to the transfer portal, how it's set up, it makes more sense for them to leave leave the transfer portal instead of stay and play in this game, it, they have more time to transfer. They can find the next school they want to go to instead of playing in a meaningless game where they could get injured. And then when it comes to draft stock, why play in this game? If uh, everyone, uh, I know at least, that is a Michigan fan around me. That's where I'm at. Everyone that's a Michigan fan knows the Jake Butt story. This kid was going to be a first-round pick at tight end and had a horrific knee injury when they went to the Orange Bowl back in like 2016 or 2017 and fell all the way to the fifth round and never had it, had another shot again. It, it was over for him. He missed out on generational wealth because he played in a game that didn't matter. And so I don't blame the kids for not wanting to play in these bowl games. So how do we fix this? I think there's a couple things you can do. Um, fi- final example uh, when it comes to this, not even this, this bowl game. Remember how everyone was pissed off that Florida State got robbed and didn't get a chance to prove themselves. Well, I said they had a good chance to do that against Georgia. I mean, they were the team that is the reigning defending champ. Uh, you, you can you can 
beat them. That that's a really good prove it win. Shows that your team did have a chance to. Nope, there's already people holding out from this game, getting ready to go to the pros. They don't they don't care enough about it anymore. So it is interesting how you know they wanted to appeal and have a replay and you know sue the college football playoff committee, and yet their players don't even care about the game they're playing in now. So. When we're talking about the bowl games, how do we fix these? Well, I think the biggest fix is that the playoff games need to happen and then the transfer portal needs to open. As of right now, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with Malik Murphy, the uh, Texas backup quarterback, a guy that helped Texas win games when Quinn Ewers, the starter, was injured. He is leaving the team before the playoff starts to find his next starting role somewhere which again, seems like insanity to me. Why would you give up on something like that when you have such a good opportunity to potentially win a national championship with your teammates? You know, we were talking about that. I think that if the transfer portal has to open up after the season has concluded, I think you have bowl games that have more value, and I think you have um, playoff games that matter as more. The fact that we now have people opting out of playoff games in order to open up their next opportunity for the transfer portal. I mean, imagine what the hell would be the case if Pat Mahomes was like, you know, man, it's great and all, but I, I kind of want to explore free agency this offseason, man. And, uh, you know, I don't really want to be a chief, and I'm not going to get hurt so I can uh, play football for this team. I need to see how my contract's going. If he did that and decided to opt out of a playoff game, even better, a Super Bowl, because, yeah, you know, I – I just want to make sure I'm ready for free agency next year. It, it means the Super Bowl doesn't matter anymore. And the playoff is already this close to not mattering anymore. I think some people believe that expanding the playoff is going to make this better. I think it might make better football as opposed to the bowl games. If it had to be playoff games that matter towards a national championship or bowl games that half the people sit out of anyway just for NFL stuff, I'd take the playoff games. It's not going to be amazing. It might create more terrible football, but at least it has more of a meaning than a bowl game. Um, When it comes to the transfer portal, though, I think that is the thing we can fix. If we move the transfer portal to after the season is concluded, I think that helps a lot more. The fact that we already have players opting out of the college football playoff is ridiculous. It shows that this doesn't matter to people. So why should it matter for the viewers? If it doesn't matter for the kids, I think if you get rid of the transfer portal and remove that opportunity to put your name in until the season is concluded, I think one, it'll create better football because the players will have to stay at least one more game or uh, it'll at least help when it comes to all of this movement. I don't want to see tight ends starting football games this late in the season. It just shows that these are not the teams that we've seen. Georgia has players opting out, Florida State has star players opting out, and outside of the brands that you see playing, perfect example, uh, Notre Dame and uh, Oregon State. Oregon State is not Oregon State anymore. They're missing two quarterbacks, the only two that played this year. They're missing their starting tight end. They're missing their head coach. This is not Oregon State anymore, and it's not 18th ranked Oregon State. It's a team that shouldn't be ranked at all based on the talent on them on it now. I don't think that there should be a reason whatsoever to believe that that this was the Syracuse Orange team we've seen this year. And and their head coach got canned. They're playing with no head coach and they're playing with a tight end at starting quarterback. This is not football. 
this is this is not even watchable. A 45 nothing blowout unless you had the the over or unless you had a South Florida money line or, or a spread for them to win. That this was not even worth watching. So I think the only way that you can fix it slightly is the transfer portal. Again, people are going to opt out of these if they have a chance at the NFL, and I don't blame them. These guys are so tightly wound when it comes to how they need to be to play so elite that if they get injured, it I mean, it could be a gruesome injury. You never want to see that happen. So, I, again, make your money, do what you need to do to get, to get the paycheck, and then, you know, focus on playing the games. But – at the end of the day, man, it is just crazy to see what has happened when it comes to uh, college bowl season. I, I didn't even realize the bowl games had started last week. And I, I've never been a huge fan of all the bowl games. Like, I don't watch all of them. I usually watch, like, the New Year's Six Bowls and then and then the college football playoff ones. But you got to be kidding me. Like, these are unwatchable games. We're going to leave it off there because I think I've said everything that I could have said on it. If there's something I did miss or – and an opinion you'd like to add on it, I'd really love to know. I think that this is an interesting topic. And the interesting thing about college football is it has probably the best product when it's at its best, but it gets in its way so damn much, it just is frustrating as hell. Again, I think a close rivalry college football game has more emotion, more energy, more excitement than any NFL game, in my opinion. When you have a good college game, I think it's better than any any other sport I've seen. But bad college football, uh, transfer portal talk, um, players sitting out, it's not fun anymore. So how do you fix it? I think this is the best way we can do it. All right, our final segment today is going to be more of a fun one for the holiday season. If I had to build a football team out of Christmas movie characters, how would that look? Well, I did it for you. And not only that, I have an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and head coach. To start things off, though, we'll do the offense, and we'll do the most important position on the field, quarterback. Who, what Christmas character is really going to be the quarterback? Well, I have an argument for you here. How about Buddy the Elf? I think that's a very solid choice. Remember, you look at him when he was in that snowball fight scene. He had a cannon. He's just throwing it everywhere. Those passes were looking a little Mahomey, as Chris Collinsworth would say. Um, he was a, he's just chucking that ball everywhere. He's got a cannon, good size. I feel like a Mel Kuyper here. Cannon, good size, Christmas spirit, everywhere. He, he can run, he can pass, he can do all things. Yeah, you get it. Buddy the Health. I think he's got an absolute cannon for an arm. He gives me like a Josh Allen vibe. I think he can definitely do that, bring Christmas spirit to this team. Who's going to be lining up at center, though? Who's going to be the leader of the offensive line? Santa Claus. Why? Uh, who else would it be? The leader, him, buddy, that's going to be a great combination there. I think Santa Claus is going to be able to protect the pocket very well. Let's talk about the rest of the offensive line, though. Right tackle, I got Yukon Cornelius. Definitely think that that is a good choice as well. Big-bodied guy. Doesn't seem like someone you want to be messing around with. Used to the harsh winter conditions as well. So I think that he will do very good, even in a cold-weather environment. At right guard, I have Heat Miser. Uh, again, big-bodied guy. I think he'll do really good on at, at guard. Maybe a good run blocker. At left guard and left tackle, I have Sam the Snowman, and I have Frosty the Snowman. 
I put them both on the left side due to the fact I don't want them getting near heat miser. That it would kind of be hard to block the quarterback if they melted. But I do think that both of them, again, big physical attributes. And again, Frosty the Snowman, he's got magic. Now, how are you going to play with that? When it comes to our running back, this is an easy one. Dasher, the reindeer. It's in his name. I mean, the, the reindeer runs a 4-2. How are you going to stop that in open space? When it comes to our receivers, I got Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. I think a big body receiver like him, I mean, you can just throw 50-50 balls up all game, and he's going to bring them down every single time. When it comes to Jack Skellington, it's not a 50-50 ball. It's a 100% of the time ball. He's always going to catch it. And then wide receiver two, we got Rudolph. I mean, again, is he the fastest? No. Is he the biggest? No. But clutch time, he's always going to be able to bring the ball down. And with that nose, he's going to be pretty easy to see on the field as well. When it comes to our tight ends, this is probably a weaker spot in my opinion. These are the only spots I could I could think of filling. We got Buzz McAllister, Kevin McAllister's older brother from Home Alone. Again, he's just kind of a big bulky dude, so I thought he'd be a good maybe like blocking tight end, maybe uh, goal line scenarios. And then we got Snow Miser. I, I don't think Snow Miser is going to be like great. He's going to have to be more of like a, a Kyle Pitts type of receiver. You know, put him on the outside. He's more of a receiving tight end than a than a blocking tight end or goal line tight end. But that is what we got right there on the offense. So what do you think about that offense so far? Is there anyone that I missed? When it comes to defense, this is a little uglier. I'm telling you right now, we're going to be running a, a 4-2-5. We don't have a ton of linebackers because we don't have a ton of size. Um, so at the edge, the edge rushers, we have the wet bandits. I think that's a pretty good choice from home alone. They are thieves. They are They play dirty. They're, they're, you know, they're physical. I think the Wet Bandits have a good chance off the edge. For the interior defense, our tackles here, we got Abominable Snowman and Winter Warlock. Again, huge size. I think they're going to be run stuffers. I think they'll do a great job uh, stopping the run and setting up the Wet Bandits for edge rushing on third and long scenarios. When it comes to linebackers, we got Toy Santa from the Santa Claus movies, and then we got Grinch. I think Grinch is going to be an absolute ball hawk. He wants to steal Christmas. He's going to steal that ball through the air and take it the other way. When it comes to the secondary, it's getting a little weaker out here, but we got Jack Frost. Eh. We got Scott Farkas, the bully from uh, A Christmas Story. We got Kevin McAllister. We got Ghost of Christmas Future. I think that's going to be a good one. I mean, if you can see the future, uh, maybe it's just, may, I don't know, maybe this is a bad one. If, if he can just see the future, that kind of helps where the ball's going to be going. You could maybe pick that off. But if it's only seeing the future of Christmas, maybe that does not come in handy. And then finally, we got Ralphie. I mean, he was tough enough to beat up Scott Farkas, so maybe maybe he can show some physicality on the secondary. Uh, this is the big weakness, though, of this team, and it's going to be in our special teams. Our kicker is going to be Charlie Brown, and our holder is going to be Lucy. I don't know if that'll end up well, because I think Lucy may throw the game for us and pull up that football just so Charlie Brown hits his head. But you never know. We had to go with it. And then when it comes to who is going to coach this fine, fine team, honestly, I got the Polar Express conductor. He can operate that train. He's never made it late to the North Pole. He's not going to be doing any mistakes here. He's going to have this as a well-oiled machine. I think the Polar Express conductor is a really good head coach choice. When it comes to the offensive coordinator, we got Papa Elf. Good relations with Buddy the Elf and Santa Claus. I think they'll make a great offensive scheme together. 
I think it's a pretty solid hire. And then at DC, who else other than Ebenezer Scrooge? Let's be honest now. He wants to ruin people's days. Bah humbug. He will dial up some crazy blitz packages that will ruin anybody's spirits whatsoever. So that is the team. Is there anyone I missed? I could have used the diehard characters. Everyone always argues if it's a Christmas movie or not. But I kind of wanted to do more Christmas-themed characters. I thought that would be uh, funnier, seeing the Grinch run out there stiff-arming people and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so that is our all-Christmas team. How do you think it stands up? Personally, for me, I think they could win the AF- or the NFC South. You tell me they couldn't beat the Panthers? Seriously. So that is where I'm at when it comes to the all-Christmas team. And with that, I hope everyone has a happy holiday season, whether you're listening to an episode when I get back from Christmas or if you're not going to be hearing from me again until the new year. My name is Max. This is Max. Max Sports. I will see you all another day. Happy holidays, everybody.